The 2023 NFL Draft is behind us. Tonight, we look at the best team halls from each division, and we've got some trending numbers from the 2023 NFL Draft. All that and more on tonight's Draft Countdown Podcast. Tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosars, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 357 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 22 seconds away from the 2024 NFL Draft. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we went uh, strong 16-plus hours of streaming over the weekend on this draft and breaking down every pick. That was fun, Brian. I, I, I appreciate everyone that came in and, and hung out with us. It was great. Um, but uh, I'm excited to, to recap and go through what, what we liked, what we didn't, and some of these teams. Yeah, it was, a, it was a long day three, that's for sure. But we actually had uh, more views combined on our day three coverage than we did nights one and night two, which was oh. incredible to me. And yeah. this shows you how hard the insatiable appetite for people who want that coverage on day three that they don't get with the television networks or really anywhere else you know, it was hardcore about it on the YouTube. So we appreciate everybody coming in and uh, watching that stream on day three. Yeah. Yeah. Day three was fun. I mean, it was kind of wild. It was like up and down the whole time, but uh, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. So uh, if you're watching live in the chat, you have a question about the 2023 class, or if you want to go beyond that, we're, we're open to it. We'll answer those questions at the end of the show uh, or send us a, question on Twitter at Draft Countdown or join our Discord and send us a question in there. We'll be glad to get to those questions at the end of the show. But like we said, we're going to basically we're going to put a bow on this thing, the 2023 NFL Draft, uh, which has been over now for four days. And we've had time to kind of look over it. You know, we, we've called through this list several times. And so we're going to go division by division. And we're going to give you, you know, a team we thought had the best and, you know, which team had the worst hauls. Uh, from each division, we'll start. You know, Shane, we we never we always the West is always last for us. We always get when we do these division yeah. things, we start last with those. So I figured, hey, let's give the West its due, and we'll yeah. start with the NFC West tonight. And you know, it was hard for me to not see what the Seattle Seahawks did and come away impressed with the haul they had. They had the number five and twenty picks. And, you know, they did well with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's easier to when a team has a top pick or multiple picks in the first round, right? Like, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, they have the best draft. And, I mean, I'm going to do it as well here. Um, and a lot because the rest of the team, 49ers didn't have a pick to the third round. The Rams didn't have a first-round pick. Uh, I do like how the Cardinals manipulated the board. But, that, you know, they're really looking for the future. So, I go with the Seahawks, too. Um, you know, and kind of interestingly – uh, PFF Moo, who works at Pro Football Focus, did a, a, a study that actually draft grades correlate negatively with future wins. So the better draft grade you have out there in the media, actually the worse you'll do in the future. Uh, basically, we, we, we grade teams high that have high picks, right? And, and aren't as good. You know, that's what happens. Now, I think Seattle's a different case because they did make the playoffs but had a top five pick. But uh, I haven't really liked their – their day two, I mean, I thought Derek Hall and Zach Charbonnet were, were, were good values and good picks. I think their day three was a lot of guys that I thought could have went on day two. Uh, so that's really where a lot of mine comes from, not just the first first rounders. 
Yeah, I thought they did well. And you go into the fifth round and get an old Watimi to play inside. I thought, you know, I, the more and more I hear people talk about it, the more and more I think Kitty McIntosh slot receiver works for me. And, and taking a seventh round gamble on something like that, I really like. So we have to look now at who we thought did the worst. And I'm going to preface this by saying I don't necessarily thought they did the worst. But like I said, when you don't pick until pick 99 or whatever, it's kind of hard to get a quality haul. So that's what led me to the 49ers. I think the 49ers are an interesting case. And I'm actually – I'm writing up the, this division for the site. I think it's coming out to, tomorrow, I think, is this one. Um, and I talk about this there. Like, yeah, the 49ers had the worst draft in the division. But they're probably the best team in the division. Maybe one of the be- – they are one of the best in the NFC, maybe second best. So I think they really attacked – their holes and their needs like hey you know we, we really need a safety that's the first pick Jair Brown can come in and, and contribute we really need a kicker like they really do and so let's take the best kicker you need when you have that luxury you I think you can make these type of picks where you take a you know Cameron Lotz who's going to be your backup tight end to George Kittle obviously but he gets hurt a lot like it'd be nice to have someone that's athletic and can fill that role that's important um and I, I like the Daryl Lutter picked I like uh you know, Ronnie Bell and D. Winters even. So I don't think it was a bad draft. I think the NFC West was – and this will probably be a theme through the, the night here. Like, I, I think all teams in the division had a pretty good draft. Like you said, the 49ers picking at 87, it's hard to – but that's your first pick to, to look really good. Right. And that first pick, Jair Brown, you like him a lot more than I do. So <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what led me down that 49ers – you know, hole and and you know, and I think I made my opinion known on drafting kickers and punters very well during the live stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you were not happy about Jack Jake Moody being a, a top one hundred pick. Obviously, neither of us had him on our list. So, <laughs> all right, let's let's uh let's move on now to the AFC West. And for me here, I I went back and forth because I didn't necessarily think anybody kicked, knocked it out of the park here, but I didn't think anybody really did bad here. So, like winners and losers, it was tough for me here. A lot of this is a lot of B minus grades in in this class, but I went with the Raiders uh, as the mm. team. I thought uh, did well for what they did. You got a high upside guy and Tyree Wilson uh, at a big position of need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael and, uh, Mayer in the second round is right. pretty. Well, that was a pretty nice value, I think, compared to our overall boards. Yeah, I'm sorry it, did, <laughs> it didn't uh, sort for me on the sheet. Um, the only thing I didn't really, I liked to get Jacory and Bennett at the top of the fourth round as well. I didn't really. I thought Trey Tucker was a big reach uh, in round three, and Byron Young, the Alabama defensive to a lesser extent, but then they came back. And, and signed a couple of decent – or drafted a decent players uh, as well. But, yeah, Tyree Wilson, Mar- Michael Mayer at the top was enough for the to put me uh, in the plus category for the Raiders. Yeah, Sal, Sal happy with that. Um, it, yeah, my, my favorite actually was was the Chargers, which is – I, I had rare. wrote that down and crossed it off. Yeah, I mean, well, I took your guy, Quentin Johnson, your number one receiver in the class. Uh, I mean, he was my, uh, my number two, and I think – getting him a 21. I think all the receivers drafted in the first round, most of them were pretty good values. Um, but I, but I liked uh, uh, Tuli Tuapalatu, the edge rusher from Southern Cal, I think fits. I really like Dion Henley at 85, but that was a great pick and great fit. Then even day three, like like Jordan McFadden, I had rated higher than they took him. I like Scott Matlock. I think Max Duggan, I had rated higher than they, they got him. I think that could be a potential steal. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him later. But I think that the Chargers – very solid draft uh, all around you know, for, for a team, once again, kind of hitting the needs and a lot of team fits on defense. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, I had wrote it down and scratched it off. Uh, the worst draft here, I've put the Chiefs down, but I don't feel great about it say, saying that. <laughs> so I think the Chiefs have the worst draft of the league. Really? I do. I, I, I don't. I don't love this. Even though I like some of the players and like, once again, the worst draft of the league is not bad. Like I'm like the chiefs ruin this, this, this draft's going to set them back. Like they're the chiefs. That's fine. I mean, I, I had Felix and Duque Azama rated as a day three, uh, a round three guy, not a day three guy, you know, top 100 guy, but it take home in the first round. I think that took a hit. Um, Rasheed Rice, 
I, I thought he would go later. You know, you know, I like him and had him rated around here, but I thought he would go later. And uh, the day three picks are fairly uninspiring to me. Um, I don't know. It, it just felt like I, I don't know if they get a starter out of this draft. And maybe they don't need one, but I'm not sure if they get one. That's fair. I had uh, Anadike Uzama at 34, and they drafted him 31. So I was okay with that. But I felt they reached on almost every other pick uh, that they made. So, yeah, that's kind of where we ended up with those guys. Let's move uh, on to the NFC East. And well, I'll start with the best one here. And to me, it's I, I, it's hard to go further than the Super Bowl runner-up Eagles for me. Once again, ha- having multiple first-round picks, I think, really helps you get the good draft grade. Like, moving up one pick for Jalen Carter, drafting Nolan Smith, it's great. But I think the rest of their draft's really good, too. I, I think Tyler Steen... And the third is a good fit. Uh, I thought both Sidney Brown and Keely Ringo were nice values where they got them. Um, and Moro Jomo, I think we were calling to come off the board since like the fifth. So outside of Tanner McKee and even Tanner McKee in the sixth, like it was about where I had him rated. Uh, yeah, I think the Eagles had a good draft. I think most people have them near the top of the list overall. And hell, if you, even if you count their priority free agent hall, it, it was good. Yeah, yeah. they brought in some good guys there. I mean, Eli Ricks, you know, Jaden Hazelwood, a couple guys there that we really like through the process. But no, to me, I mean, getting getting the the triumvirate from Georgia at the at the spots that they got them, I think is good value. And I like Tyler Steen as a potential starter down the road for them and Sidney Brown as well. So, yeah, I think they got some 2024 starters out of this hall. And there you go. Getting DeAndre. If you count DeAndre Swift there as well. As, yeah, as a, a nice addition. Thing. Yeah. So uh, Eagles unanimous there for us, I believe in the NFC East. And now yeah. the worst draft in the NFC East, I think you said the chiefs had the worst draft in the league. I think the Cowboys had the worst draft in the league. Thus the worst draft in this division. They were also my worst draft in this division. I, I, I'm a little surprised. I guess I'm not really surprised. I think a lot of people don't like the Commanders draft. I actually really like the Commanders draft. Um, I love when teams, not to divert, we'll get to the Cowboys, but not to divert, but I, I like when a team takes, okay, we have these two big needs. We're just going to hit them. You know, the, the Commanders like, our secondary sucks. We're, we're throwing everything at it. The interior line sucks. We're throwing everything at it. We're going to make two weaknesses, two strengths. I, I really like when teams do that, and it's so rare. So I actually like the Commanders uh, draft. But the, the Cowboys draft was a little rough. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have Mozzie Smith rated as a first-rounder. I liked him, you know, but I thought early second he would go. Schoonmaker about a round too early. Um, I liked Overshawn. Even Fajoko I had rated decently high. We talked about him uh, before the draft stream. Um, that fourth round still is a little high for me. And then – Eric Scott, uh, I mean, some of the reasonings behind his poor testing and maybe poor play this year um, caused me to be much lower on him than I should have been. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I think that was not – he wasn't a draftable player for me. So the Cowboys draft was not a draft that enticed me at all either. And the fact they traded up for Eric Scott makes that even more of a head-scratcher. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Schoonmaker at all i think he is athletic testing pushed him up further than his play did uh, i was not a fan of mozzie smith no production at all for a guy who was this big freak uh at, at michigan Overshawn, we like him as a player but like we we both agree he's kind of undisciplined uh as yeah. a defender and i didn't have fahoko in my top 300 maybe that's an oversight on my part but my favorite pick they made was Asim Richards from North Carolina on day three. And and I ranted enough about a seventh round pick and Jalen Brooks. I'm not going to spill that, spill that, spill that. Bring that blood. back out. And I will say it. this, though. I like their priority free agent class probably more than I do their draft class, if that makes any sense. Uh, that's fair. The Cowboys are usually good at that. Um, and you know, just because we've we've kind of bashed on Eric Scott, he's going to turn out to be like a stud. Of it's course, just, he is. It's exactly but, what's going to happen. Just looking at it, I mean, I think we both like Miles Brooks from Louisiana Tech more, and they brought him in as a priority free agent. Right. 
So, so we'll see how that how that works out. We will see how that goes indeed. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the AFC East now. And this was – I really didn't love any of these classes. So I went with the New England Patriots, surprisingly enough here. I love the trade back and getting Christian Gonzalez. I think Keon White was a, is, is going to be a very good player for them. I should have gotten more into Marte Mapu than I did after the Senior Bowl, and I just that's that's call it laziness or or just got too much on my plate at one time. I never went back to his tape. That's on me for having him lower on my board than I did. I think they reached a little bit for Jake Andrews, but I really love them attacking that. Like you said like with the Commanders attacking that need. Interior offensive line was a need. They draft Jake Andrews, they draft Sidey So, they draft Antonio Maffi. I mean, they really attacked it. And then they basically took a lottery ticket almost with Kayshawn Butte. And you're hoping that, you know, you get that freshman year uh, player than what you he's had recently. Yeah, I – I, I, I like the Patriots draft. I'm kind of with you, um, especially I think mean, getting Gonzalez where they got him was pretty good. Uh, not my top draft, though. I, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills as my best. Uh, I, I like – I think Kincaid was a good value at 25. Uh, I'm, if they use him correctly, I, I think he's going to really be uh, gangbusters. They could have taken Osiris Torrance in the first round. I would have been fine with it. You get him in the second. Uh, Dorian Williams, I think it's an excellent fit. Maybe a little higher than I had him, but – you know, I know you like Dorn Williams. Feels a big need. Feels a big need for them as well. And and a perfect fit for that need. Just the instincts mm-hmm. and the you know the toughness. Other than just just a shorter was the one thing I, that was awful. Uh, but you know you know and I like Dick Broker out of Mississippi. Uh, I like Alex Austin out of Oregon State. I thought they could have been early day three guys. So I'll, outside of shorter, I think the Bills draft was very very good. Part of me also wanted to. Get, give thumbs up to the Patriots just for bringing Johnny Lumpkin in as a free agent. I bet you he makes that team. I bet, I bet he does too. He feels like a Patriots guy and they need that blocking tight end. I mean, it's perfect. Um, I don't want to call this the I, – I, I hesitate to call this the worst <laughs> draft in the division, but they only had four picks. So that's what led me to the Dolphins. The problem is I liked all four picks at the spot they made them, but it's it's four picks. Yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm, they're not my worst draft. But I, I, like you said, all four picks I think were great. And now that knowing that Elijah Higgins is going to play tight end, I'm like, yeah, wow, that makes sense. He's basically going to be Gasicki, right? He's going to be the Gasicki role in that offense, the big, the big tight, the big, the right. I mean, slot tight end. Yeah. They didn't have that role in that on the offense. So I'm interested to see how this works. But, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, it'll be good. So I went with the Jets, which, once again, I don't think it was a bad draft. Um, I, I think it was hard to pick a bad, like a bad draft. I just think Will McDonald was earlier at 15 than I had him. Um, I think they got kind of screwed over by the Steelers and Broderick Jones. Tipman is fine. I, I liked other centers on the board, though. Uh, I like, I think Carter Warren, he was in my top 100, so I think that was a good pick. And Izzy Bandaconda is in my top 100. That's a good pick. The, the day three picks didn't excite me. I, I guess Zach Koontz in the seventh is worth the swing. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. There's nothing super exciting about the Jets draft. I didn't think it was bad. Just uh, the division as a whole, I think, was pretty good. Yeah, I like the Abanacanda pick in the fifth round. I think he'll pair nicely uh, in that backfield with Brees Hall. And well, they signed my man Jason Bradley to a free agent deal. Oh, they, there did, you go, so. they didn't draft any wide receivers. They brought in – Randall three. Cobb just got signed. Wow. Well, <laughs> so – they did bring in three as free agents, and I know you were talked about T.J. Luther from Gardner Webb and Xavier yeah. Gibson, Stephen F. Austin. They brought some of oh, yeah. those guys in too. Man, all three are pretty good. All right, so let's move on to the NFC North, where I struggled here and decided to go with the unorthodox uh, approach to things, and went with the Detroit Lions as the best draft in the NFC. Oh North. wow! I didn't really was not overwhelmed with green Bay or Chicago for that matter. And, and we'll get to Minnesota is obviously going to end up on the bottom here for me, but I just, you know, this, this is a team that knows who it is and they drafted as such with getting Gibbs and Campbell and then Laporta branch hooker. I like all of those guys. It kind of went, kind of went haywire after that, but those first, 
five picks I think are going to be important franchise pieces going forward. It's funny because I think nationally the Lions are getting the worst draft grade almost in, in the league, um, taking two two positions that aren't valued very much, running right. back and off-ball linebacker. And, 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 and you've heard me preach that this entire time. And it's <laughs> right. like, but you also have to take a step back and look at this is who they are. And they're telling you that, and this is how they're going to be. Well, I think especially Campbell and, and now with trading Swift gives, you know, they both fill a big role. Um, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, I think, I think it was solid. The Brian branch pick, I think really made that draft feel complete. Right. Cause if he goes in the, you know, if they take him in the first to take Campbell here, like it, lo- it looks very different once again. Um, so they're not my worst draft. I, I I'm with you. Uh, they're not my best, my best draft or my worst draft. I'm going with Chicago Bears as my best. I, I like Chicago's draft. I thought Darnell Wright be a tad high, but they, they took their guy that I think fits the defense, the, the offensive line. And I thought the next seven picks were were excellent. I think Dexter was right on point. Great fit. Tyreek Stevenson, I think it's about where he was going to go. Good fit. Zach Pickens, I know we both like a lot. I love Roshan Johnson, day three. I think, he, I think he's the starter uh, there by the end of the year. Um, Tyler Scott, Noah Soul, I, I had in, in my top 100 and Terrell Smith, I considered for my top 100. So, uh, and reading about Travis Bell, I'm excited about him too, for them. So I, I think it was a good draft as a whole for the bears. Um, in the trenches, I love the, the trench picks early, especially. I think the only thing that I, I love the players. I just, it feels very boom or busty with the especially with the two defensive linemen right because i think your dexter and pickens both have tremendous upside but could fall you know there's they have a very a lower floor than i think some other prospects maybe i do like stevenson uh think he fits a need and i'm with you i think roshan johnson uh very well could be a starting running back for them and I'm still wondering how tyler scott got drafted after his teammate trey tucker i still haven't quite figured that one out it's kind of interesting because this Bears draft, you were talking about two defensive linemen, but as a whole, a lot of guys that did not produce in college, right, yeah. but have a lot of upside. Terrell Smith was hurt. Noah Soul never produced up to what he was supposed to. Roshan obviously didn't really have the opportunity. Um, so it's an interesting strategy, and I feel like last year was fairly similar in a lot of ways in some of the players they drafted, and that draft was pretty good. So I'm interested to see how it works out. I will say this: They uh, Ryan Poles adopted the Chris Ballard uh, method here, and all elite athletes. Uh, eight eight one eight was the lowest RAS, and that was Travis Bell from Kennesaw State. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I got brought on the uh, Colts podcast uh, for the for the Colts their their radio show, and we were talking RAS the whole time. <laughs> so it's it's taken hold of the league. It has to. Yeah. I yeah, mean, absolutely. when that's what you – we're going to get to them <laughs> very, very soon. But uh, my worst draft for, in this division was the Minnesota Vikings. I just – Jordan Addison, I think, is going to be great for them. But beyond that, I wasn't feeling it with Makai Blackman or Jay Ward. Jaquelin Roy, for where he was drafted, was fine. But then Jaron Hall and Dwayne McBride and the – Seventh round was fine, but I just I wasn't really feeling it outside of Jordan Addison. No, I agree with you. I think the Vikings are the worst draft. I, I think you, I think Jordan Addison helped save it. But even at twenty three, it, it, it's I don't think it was great value or anything. Um, yeah, this draft just doesn't look good on paper. Uh, I'll I feel like it, you could argue it's the worst draft in the league for the Vikings because uh, I, I don't see anyone you know, day three or, or round three that is going to make an impact. Not having a round two pick, I think, hurt. Uh, t- having TJ Hawkinson, I think, will be much better than having that round two pick. But right. uh, ultimately, not a, not a great draft to me. And opposite of what the Bears and Colts did, uh, the highest Raz player for the uh, Vikings was Jaron Hall, 7.92. So, so not a lot of upside athletically in this class. All right, let's go to the AFC North and let's make Shane happy here because I'm going to say something I don't like to say. Yes. That the Steelers had the best draft in this division. Yes, they did. I mean, I know you have to be, and I'm guessing everybody 
in your neighborhood there, Shane, ecstatic or about the haul they pull off with trading up to get Broderick Jones, having Joey Porter Jr. fall to him at the top of the second round, then getting a pass rush upside with Benton, and then Darnell Washington falling to him at the end of round three. I don't even know that they were going to intend to draft a tight end, and then Washington just fell to him. And then getting Herbig, and then Corey Trice in the seventh round, big steal, was 97 on my board. Uh, big time steal there at pick 241. And even Spencer Anderson, I don't think much of him as a prospect, but tremendous athlete uh, for what I presume will be an, a potential backup guard. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be the Steelers. I think it's uh, maybe, maybe it's a, a little bit of Homer speak, but I think it's got to be one of the best drafts out there. Um, I mean, Jones is my top tackle. And, and they got him. Porter's my number two corner. They got him. Keanu Benton was my number two t- defensive tackle. They got him. They're like it, it was just value at every pick. They even traded down the pick, get that extra fourth back that they lost to move up for Broderick Jones. Um, and still, I think, got excellent value. Yeah. Omar Cott said, Darnell Washington, they did not expect to draft. Like they didn't think they had him rated uh, as, as like a second round pick, early second round pick. And then he was there. You know, at, at pick ninety three, and they're like, we have to draft them. Um, so I, I, I think it's a, it was a great draft. You're dressing the trenches to protect Kenny Pickett to help the run game go um, and hit big needs everywhere with value. And I think that's what makes a good draft when you get value and you're addressing the needs of your team. Ultimately, it's hard not to like the Steelers draft. For the worst draft in this division, I, I, I want to say that maybe the Browns, but. I like some of the players that they picked. So I'm going with the Ravens just because I'm not going to say the Bengals. So <laughs> I'm going to go with the Ravens here, although I, I say that with a grain of salt because outside of maybe Zay Flowers, who I was like my number four or five receiver, I like the pick of Trenton Simpson in the third round. I love getting Caillou Blue Kelly in the fifth. And I even like taking the, the shot with Andrew Voorhees in the seventh. I have to say the thing. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say it. Right, right. Like I, I, once again, I don't think it's that bad. I, I think this division, all four teams were pretty good. Like, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. This is like, oh, this is an F here. But it, it was just a weird draft. It felt weird what was happening. Right with, after taking Daxon Hill in the first round, um, and I guess defense was the way to go. Right, you got to stop the Chiefs and. Josh Allen and whatever, but um, I think Miles Murphy was a solid pick, a good fit. And then the DJ Turner, Jordan Battle, they weren't bad values per se. Um, just just felt like strange picks. Like I, I don't know if they're coming out and setting the world on fire for and changing this defense, you know, um, to me. And it, like the rest, of the, the rest of the players, I think are solid, but there's just nothing spectacular about this draft. I'm not sure this makes the Bengals that much better. I was on a Bengals podcast earlier this afternoon, and I basically – I'm not viewing this – if I was viewing this as a draft to make them better in 2023, it's a C all day, right, if I'm giving the grade out. But I feel like this is looking towards – because they know they're going to have to start going cheap somewhere, and I think up front on the defensive line is probably one of those spots. That's why you draft Miles Murphy where you do, because Trey Henderson probably not going to be getting paid – Long, same thing at corner with the Wouzier. That's where you replace him with Turner. I, they're not paying Nick Scott a heck of a lot of money, so maybe Jordan Battle ends up being that starter before the season's over with. The only guy I think they drafted that's going to play or, or be a starter uh, week one is going to be Brad Robbins, the punter, and that hurts me to say that out loud, that the punter was the most impactful player they drafted for 2023. I think it's an interesting philosophical discussion about the draft, right? Because I feel like I'm kind of bashing the Bengals for this, but uh, gave positives to the Eagles for this, right? Of kind of drafting for down the line. But it's like, if you're a contender, what should you do? Should should you push the chips in and draft players that are going to make an impact so you can try to win the Super Bowl now? Or is this a better strategy to try to have a long window, longer window? Uh, it's an interesting, I think, philosophical draft conversation. Yeah. It, uh, to me, it depends on the franchise, right? The Bengals are not going to spend that money. Like the the Eagles will do that, right? Yeah. The Bengals will not. They've never done it. They're not going to. So you have to accept that as a fan and realize this is the way they're going to do it. And you just have to make 
make sure that you hit on the guys that you do. You know, I think they're going to get impact out of Charlie Jones as a rookie. I think he's going to play, you know, definitely on returns and stuff. Yeah, I, I just wasn't going to say the Bengals had the worst draft of the division. I just I couldn't allow myself to do that. No, nah, that's fair. It's fair. So, All right, let's look at the uh, NFC South now. And, you know, we had a lot of fun. I don't know if we were making fun of him or just making – just good-hearted <laughs> jokes, but damn it if Mickey Loomis did not have a nice draft here for the Saints. Yes, my and, best draft as well. And I went with the Saints here, and, you know, they had needs up front on the defensive line. So they, you know, maybe Brian Brzee's not the most productive player coming out of Clemson, but, you know, the talent is there, and he's definitely a great athlete. And I know you love Foskey, uh, the, the edge rusher from Notre Dame. And yes. then Kendra Miller, you know, if he had been able to test, does he go one or does he go seventy one in this class, or does he go higher? Uh yeah, I, th- I think he would have went higher. I thought he may have went in the second had he tested. Yeah. So I think it was a good value pick that fills a need. Yeah, I think Sal Devery is going to end up playing a lot for them next year because the Saints have a lot of decisions to make up front. The Saints are going to have to; they're always in a state of cap upheaval, so they're going to have to move on from maybe guys like Andres Peets. They uh passed on Cesar Ruiz's fifth-year option. So Saldaveri could come in there and, you know, be a, take over a starting role uh, this time next year. Jake Hayner, I think, could be a great backup quarterback for them, or a cheap backup quarterback for them. And A.T. Perry, I thought, was great value in the Good sixth value. round as a big wide receiver. You know, and the Saints have had success with those late-round big wide receivers in the past, like Marcus Colston and, and the like. So I, I really like the fit for Perry in that offense. I, I thought it was a great draft. Uh, you mentioned Foskey. I mean, I had him rated fairly highly, higher than national consensus. And I was even surprised he went at 40, but I, I thought he should have been a first-round pick. Um, attack attack their need. And, and I think the Hayner pick could be sneaky. I mean, if, I think if Derek Carr falters – I think we see Jake Hayner as a starter at some point in the NFL. He's not going to be, you know, Drew Brees or anything, but I think um, I think he can be like a, a better than a backup. You know, I think he can be a low end starter in the league. And I will say this: you can bet money that at least two to three of these priority free agents the Saints side will make their roster because mm-hmm. they are they do the best, some of the best work with priority free agents of any team in the league. Um, at least one or two make their team every year. And last year it was receiver with Rashid Shaheen from Weber State. This year they bring in Cy Barnett from Davenport, who was crazy. Oh, testing. yeah, he's good. You know, he's, he's a good player. You know, even Shaq Davis from South, South Carolina State could make their roster as a, as a low-end receiver. And I'm not sleeping on Nick Anderson, the undersized linebacker of Tulane. Uh, Saints have a – their depth chart could need some help there. So they're yeah. going to get some some help there in the free with their free agents. Uh, worst draft in this division to me uh, was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> As Buccaneer Bruce enter, enters our chat room. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, Bruce. <laughs> We're both about to say the Bucs had the worst draft. That's good. Um, even though I mocked Cancy to them in my final mock draft, I didn't like it. <laughs> it just didn't feel like a place they should go. I love the Cody mock pick in the second round. And I'm even like Yaya Diaby, but beyond that, I wasn't enamored with what they did on day three. And I thought it was just can't see they could have done better there. Let's be, be honest. They're crashing for Caleb next year, right? Yeah. Look, I don't think it's a bad draft. I don't think I'm saying all oh, the Bucks had the worst draft in the, in the division, but and it's it was bad. I mean, uh, I, th- I think can't see can work because of – how their defense is set up, like having Vita Via, I think makes this a better pick than it would if anyone else took him at 19 for me. But, uh, you know, it still was a little early. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think Cody Mock is a good player, but I, I as and Bruce is even kind of commenting it in the chat, like, I don't know if he starts for them. Like, I don't think he's a starter right now for them. And you're drafting him in round two. Maybe it's a down the line pick. I, you know, I don't know the situations. I like Diaby. I like Cervasier Dennis. In the fifth, I like Trey Palmer. In the sixth, they get some speed at receiver. But um, even like Durham and Hayes just feel like barely make the team kind of pick. So, um, 
yeah, not, uh, I like Jose Ramirez. I like that pick in the sixth as well. But it's uh, it was a weird, kind of a weird draft that I don't think is going to have this big impact, especially immediately, which, like you said, might be kind of the plan. Yeah, uh, they brought in 18 priority-free agents. So they have a, they had a lot of emptiness on that roster. And uh, I do like Rakeem Jarrett um, as a high upside chance to make that team and Sean Tucker, Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, the Jarrett pick. Tough. Is good, yeah. Uh, and t- Tucker could he could end up being the RB2 if he can play. I mean, he could be right getting some snaps. I'm not sleeping on Ronnie Brown from Shepard being a kick returner, winning a kick return job on that. I, team. I like Ronnie Brown, I, I like him too. So, yeah, but there that and that might Tom be what that might be job. what they want to happen, to be honest. Todd Poles loses job, yeah. Todd Poles <laughs> loses job. Let's start over. We get. We get a new coach, and we get Caleb, and we just start over. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's move on. Final division here is the AFC South, and I'm going with the Raz Kings as the best draft in this division, the Indianapolis Colts. And this is shocking considering how much I dislike Anthony Richardson as a prospect. I know. That, that's what held but me back. That yeah. shows you how much I loved every other of the Colts' 11 draft picks that they made. Julius Brents, second round. Josh Downs in the third round, getting Blake Freeland. And Adebarie in the fourth round, getting Darius Rush, Daniel Scott, Will Mallory, Evan Hole all in the fifth round. Titus Leo, Jalen Jones, and even the – Lottery ticket punch with Jake Witt in the seventh. I loved every other pick except for Anthony Richardson in this draft class. No, it was a solid draft. They were definitely in contention. I think it was another division with a lot of good drafts, a lot of good drafts as a whole. Um, Like you said, I think other than taking Anthony Richardson fourth and we both had him rated lower, though I think the Colts are an ideal situation for him to go. With a, with a good system and a running game and, like, everything Anthony Richardson needs. So it won't surprise me if this works out ultimately. The problem is, even if all those other 11 players hit that I just named, if Anthony Richardson fails, this draft is a failure. Right. That That's the problem. <laughs> it all hinges on him. I also and- like uh, – I also like the uh, Emil Ikior uh, for the agent signing – and just to continue the Raz trend, I added two wide receivers to our watch list just based off Raz scores. They signed them both. Xavier Scott <laughs> from Maine, Cody Crest from Sam Houston. They brought them both in. I actually like Cody Crest. Uh, I don't think I actually like ranked him, but, um, you know, one of those guys could make the team. Just for the hell of it, they also signed Darius Hagens from Virginia State running back with a 9-2-9 Raz. Yeah, just for fun. Just for uh, fun. why not? My best was the Texans. I, I thought the Texans. Okay, and and look, I, I think I'm they're getting. It. I get why. <laughs> they, yeah, they're getting bashed for the trade. I recognize they did not have another first round pick. I think I would be more suspect. Um, but last year we did we played this game, and all the teams that we thought were going to be good who traded away their picks all stunk. So just wait till the Texans are a borderline playoff team and the, and the right. Browns have a top 10 pick, and we're like, oh, wow, that trade is pretty good. The Texans drafted both of our top two players on our board. Here's yeah. why I you don't win. hate the, the trade. Every, why everybody is bashing Trey saying they gave up too much for Will Anderson. I don't look as it at it as they traded up for Will Anderson. I look at it as they traded up for C.J. Stroud. Because if they drafted Will Anderson at two and then tried to trade back up for Stroud, well, the price of the brick goes up then, doesn't it? So, because you bring in so many other teams trying to trade up for the quarterback, where maybe you lessen the amount of teams trying to trade up for the pass rusher. So by taking Stroud at two and then trading back up for Anderson at three, the cost to me was less. And can I also say, unless they're, they have the number one overall pick, which I don't think they will, I think it was a good trade. You're not going to get a better pass rusher than Will Anderson next year. You're just not. So right. as long as you're not at number one and, and you lost out on the hall you would get for Caleb Williams, I think it's fine. I don't think they plan on being there. And I think the rest of their draft was solid. You know, 
the day two picks, I'm not like a huge fan of Juice Scruggs that early, though it seemed, he seemingly was going to go in the top 100, and I would not have taken Tank Dell that high. But I thought day three, they had one of the best day threes of any team in the league. Dylan Horton out of TCU, I think, could be an impact player. Henry 2020, I had my top 100. I think they need linebackers. He could even start. Uh, I think we both like Jarek Patterson from Notre Dame a lot more than a lot higher than he went. Um, Xavier Hutchinson had my top 100. They got him at 205, the receiver from Iowa State. And then Brandon Hill from Pitt, I, I had much higher. So that day three, I think, was one of the best, maybe the best day three in the NFL. Their day two is what kept me from putting them ahead of the Colts. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, I had Juice Scruggs at 215. And like you said, the NFL obviously viewed him much higher than both of us did and much better than I did. And the same thing with Tank Dell. I had him at 126. You had him at 165, and he goes at 69. So, I yeah, I, I wasn't an overall big fan of theirs. I do like bringing in Xavier Valaday um, as a priority free agent yeah. for their class as well. So, and they also signed somebody who was drafted in the first round of the CFL draft. So, that's probably right. where he's going to end up. Killian Zyre from Auburn. From Auburn, yeah. Good tag. Uh, so, worst draft in this division to me, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, agreed. We're, 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 we're there. Uh, we, we both like Skaronsky as a player. I, I, I don't know. Will Levis, obviously, that's a, that's a no-go for us. I – I love Tajay Spears. I love that pick. Um, and I like the Wiley pick. And I like Jalen Duncan that late. I don't know enough about Colton Dow to have an informed opinion about him, the seventh-round pick. But Skaronsky, I, I don't know. If they're trying to play – are they? have they said if he's going to be a tackle or guard for them? Uh, I, think, I think he's supposed to be a tackle. So we'll see if the arm length ends up being an issue. Uh, there and Will Levis, they traded back up into the top of the second round to select him, which is about where you had him on your board. But obviously, I had a third round grade on Levis. I don't think he's going to be a successful NFL quarterback. Yeah, and and that's fair. Um, it, it, once again, it was a fine draft. I don't think a Titans draft was bad, but Scronsky was a little bit high for me, especially if he is playing the interior. Um, Levis was that's about where I would take him. Uh, I'm glad they took him there, not at 11, or else we'd really be having that conversation here. Um, the Tajay Spears pick after finding out he has no ACL and and genitive arthritis is not doesn't feel great to me. The arthritis part it bothers me more than the missing ACL because hell, obviously, it hasn't impacted him at all the way he was able to cut and everything without it. So and and look, he can he can be successful for a little bit, but if you remember, uh, Jay Jai from Boise State went yes. to the Dolphins. Similar issue was good for like two years, and then just couldn't play anymore. Well, you know, you and, get, well, let's look at it this way: if you get four solid years out of a third round running back, that's a win, right? Yeah, I, uh, you're right. I think it is. But you're the Titans. You're drafting him now to back up Derrick Henry, be the pass catching back, maybe for two years, like. I, I it just doesn't seem like what I would spend a top 100 pick on if I was them. Um, so but not a bad draft, but that's fair. So overall, who would you say was the best class? Like, I don't want to say the Steelers cause I think it'll feel like really disingenuous. Right. Um, but I think, I think Steelers, I think the Steelers were, and I think the Eagles were, were close. That's fair. State of Pennsylvania all day. And I think the worst class to me was the Cowboys. I just I had no no love for that class. The more I got into it, I wish I I wish I would have had them in my uh, in my uh, column writing, so I could have properly uh, properly bashed them. Like I was I was kind to them. I was pretty kind. Oh, you're much kinder than me, Shane. <laughs> all right, Shane. I compiled some fun numbers uh from the 2023 nfl draft i thought we could have some nice discussion but first before i get into all these other fun numbers it's time to look at the grapeco uh podcast prior to the senior bowl where we had some fun guessing and so i had three that applied here uh that i thought we could look at uh we we all guessed uh this is and when i say all myself you Pigskin, Paul Gilmet, and Scott Wright all guessed the number of players from the Senior Bowl game that would be taken in round one. I, 
if if we were going by prices right, we'd have all had to reset our bids because we <laughs> went over. Start again. Oh yeah. However, was... if you want to go closest, I would have won this you. with yeah. four. Only two senior bowl players drafted in the first round. Uh, definitely the lowest in years uh, that I can remember. Uh, Shane, you had five. Paul had six, and Scott, ever the optimist, seven uh, senior bowlers <laughs> in the first round, but only two. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you have to say about uh, two senior bowlers in the first round? That's rough. That doesn't bode well for the senior bowl, <laughs> you know, moving forward. Like, like we, we talked about back then, used to be double digits every year. It didn't matter, uh, senior bowl attempt. Now with players opting out and the underclassmen coming in, a lot of the four-year guys aren't eligible. It, it, it's just been a mess. For the senior bowl now luckily every team did draft a senior bowl player uh and you had a couple teams like the colts drafted i think it's like six or seven senior bowl players uh, there are two teams drafted seven so we will, uh, we will get to that in just a second oh, okay yeah. sorry I'm, I'm jumping the gun on your numbers so I'm, yeah. I'm excited uh surprise name in round one i said matthew bergeron which i didn't realize i had even said that and then he was starting to get the first round <laughs> pretty, close. And I'm that was like, pretty close so he was he was a high second round pick right yeah, so that was, that was a good one i had him uh paul had darius rush which didn't really oh. happen ends up going in the fifth yeah. round uh scott cheated and picked two and neither one of them were right he picked jared <laughs> patterson who went in the sixth round was it? yeah yeah. And uh, John Michael Schmitz, who went in the second round, but had first round buzz. Let's get in there. That's good. The winner here is Shane P. Oh, who picked that. Darnell Wright yes. to go in the first round, and Darnell Wright gets there. How about that? Top 10. Top 10, baby. How about that? <laughs> I, I didn't, did not remember if I picked him or not. I thought maybe, but. You, you had an inclination. Good. All right. That's good. We had set the over-under on number of senior bowl players drafted at 104.5 the total number was 100 uh myself and paul both bet the under here Nailed it. and uh you and scott went over so under 104.5 we hit 100 senior bowlers taken which i feel like is down as well yeah it does it does feel that way um yeah, it's kind of wild. Still much higher than every other All-Star game, which we'll get to in a second. And final, the final number here from that um, night, uh, over under 38 and a half players in the top 100. Uh, only one person went under, and that was Paul. Hmm. And he is correct as 36 senior role players go in the first 100 selections. Wow. Now – just for fun, we also guessed if we had to guess an offensive defensive rookie of the year from the senior bowl, and let's just kind of look at the draft oh, capital no. that was oh, used no. here. <laughs> uh offensive rookie of year. I selected Kenny McIntosh. Probably not gonna happen. Uh Shane, not you good. had Rasheed Rice, who could, could oh, see a influx of balls there in Kansas City. He got capital. That's his least. Uh fun. Paul guessed Tajay Spears, which if Derek Henry was to get hurt early, then Spears sure. could be the lead cow there. And Scott said Roshan Johnson. Same could apply there in Chicago if he takes over early enough, could get enough action there. Uh defensive rookie of the year. I went with Dayon Henley. Probably not gonna happen. Third round pick. Uh not bad. Paul had Keon White. Uh, second round pick to New England. Uh, Scott had Isaiah Foskey because, of course, he did. Uh, second round pick to New Orleans. Yeah. And you went with Colts fourth round pick at a Tommy Watt at a Barrier. Oh, look, he's getting him now. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we didn't do too bad on the defensive guys. They were all decently drafted. Yeah. All right. So let's look at the draft by the numbers here. And let's look at each all star game. And we'll start with senior. We already said they had 100 players drafted. And you mentioned the Rams and the Colts both drafted seven players from this year's Senior Bowl. They were they were down there in numbers apparently. Yeah, and what's hey. crazy to me, the Rams had like almost no representation at the game. Like you saw nobody there, no scouts or anything. Like they did everything remotely except for talk to the players. Yeah, you know, which is kind of interesting. I, I was just trying to look real quick and see if. Uh... See see if any of them had coaches that coached at the game too, because it was all over the map this year, right? With the right. the coaching. So but yes, the Rams and Colts get seven apiece. Uh Shrine Game gets 45 players uh drafted this year, which feels up 
to me for them. So good job by their staff mm -hmm. uh, this year. Uh, I think Detroit drafted three players from their game. Uh, NFLPA uh, gets 16 players drafted this year. Uh, the I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go, no, you, you go ahead. Uh, no, you, you froze up a little bit. So oh, I'm sorry. So uh, go back. You, you said that the Lions, they yeah. drafted three shrimp players, which is pretty impressive for the lack of them. Uh, what was next after that? Oh, yeah. The uh, NFLPA game has 16 players drafted. Uh, the Hula Bowl ends up with six, which feels good for them, right? Yeah. Uh, the CGS ends up with four players drafted. And the Tropical Bowl, big zero. I thought they could get a couple sneaking in. Actually, uh, CGS getting four is pretty good. That's pretty good. That, that feels good for them. Yeah. Uh, we we heard all along that this was a deep tight end class, right? Yeah. Nine tight ends go in rounds one through three, which is the most ever in the common draft era. Wow. That's wild. That's a, that's a lot. They were just flying too. It was it was crazy. To stay with a fantasy related number, eighteen running backs drafted, the few third fewest since two thousand. Which is crazy to me because I think we talked about how deep this running back class is. I mean, there are guys guys like Mo Ibrahim that I was I thought for sure someone will take a chance on him, or uh, the Chiefs signed an Eric Prince out of Tulsa who had a high Raz score. Um, you know, Tucker, we talked about Keaton Mitchell. Like, there's a lot more I thought would get drafted. So that number is bonkers to me. How does that affect like your fantasy projections and stuff with some of these guys? I mean, like, that's just it's got to cut down on it, right? It, it does. I mean, it does. I think one thing fantasy players need to adjust to is that running back draft capital is different than every other position, right? Like the guy, like Roshan Johnson went early day three, went round, top around four. You, you got to consider that a player that could contribute immediately. Whereas like a wide receiver draft in round four is like, well, he's done. You know, he's probably not going to do anything. I think the adjustments happening at the NFL to devalue the running back. Hey, we can get, pick up a guy in undrafted free agency and he well, could make the team and be pretty good. Look at Pacheco last year, right? Seventh, Seventh round pick. Round. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did it seem like we had a lot of trades? Uh, it, over it felt over that the way, it certainly felt that way. 43 trades during the three days of the NFL draft that is a common draft record. Okay, good. I, I thought you were gonna be like, trades. it seemed like we had a lot of trades or, well, I, we I did it. Common draft, or, in the seven draft, seven round era. I should say. But uh, yeah, I, I thought you were gonna trades. say we didn't have them. <laughs> 43 like, oh, trades, wow. Uh, the SEC's reign of dominance continues as for, I don't know how long now, when, I don't, I don't know who or when the last time the SEC did not have the most players drafted yeah. was, but, uh, that continues. However, I will say this, they end up with 62 players drafted the big 10 nipping at them Ooh. 55 players drafted for the big 10. So they get within seven. Uh, this year, I feel like that's the closest it's been in some time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the ACC Absolutely. finishes with 33, the Big 12 with 29, the Pac-12 with 27, and that's about to get worse, right? Because you're about to lose Southern Cal and UCLA to go to yeah. add the Big 10 numbers and the Big 12 as well, for that matter, because you're about to lose Texas and Oklahoma's numbers to the SEC. So big, big 10 and SEC numbers about to keep going up, going up, going up. Uh, and Hey, Brian writes about the Sunbelt every Saturday, Sunbelt conference, best group of five conference yes. for drafted players this year with nine. They said it cracked. No, I, and I said in my last column, uh, when I was listening to the best players, the top 10 prospects, uh, for the, uh, Sunbelt, I said, I thought they could get nine to 10. So I felt pretty good. I got that. Pretty, pretty close there. So maybe not the nine or 10 that I said, but you know, nine or 10 nonetheless. So good for the Sun Belt there. Uh, who do you think had the most players drafted by school, Shane? By school? I mean, it, it 
feel it feels like Georgia. Um, the depth wise, I'm not quite sure, but I'll, I'll, I'll go Georgia. You are partially correct. Georgia with 10. Alabama also had 10. They tied yeah. for the most players drafted. Georgia has had 25 players drafted in the last two years. That is the most in the common draft era over a two-year span. Man. Defense and offensive line, it, it, that really is what makes the difference. Here's a stat that I found a bit concerning, and I think it's only going to get worse with in the transfer portal NIL era. Only 10 FCS players were drafted in the 2023 NFL draft, and only 41 FCS players have been drafted over the last four years. It, it's 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 getting bad, you know. With with like you said, with the transfer portal, I think it's it's getting pretty poor. And um, I don't remember who had it. There's a report that basically interviewed NFL scouts that they're not even really going anymore. To FCS yeah. schools, like it's not worth the time and investment. Um, so you know, I maybe mean, there's an outside of, of outside of Fargo. What why what other school produces? I mean, of those ten players, how many were from North Dakota State? Yeah, so, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, That's only that. one. Also, only one player from the HBCUs were, was drafted, and that was in the seventh round, and that was the uh, corner receiver from Jackson State. Uh, as Bolden. Yeah. Um, a stat that is only entertaining to me, I guess, uh, maybe to Packer fans, but um, they drafted Sean Clifford in the, was it the fourth or fifth round? Fifth round, I believe. Yeah. He is four months older than their starting quarterback, Jordan Love. Yeah, uh, yeah, fifth round pick one forty nine. Well, that, that that's wild. The, these ages are out of control. Um, peeking ahead to the twenty twenty four draft and a team that we think is going to be picking very high, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, no Kyler Murray for what multiple at least multiple games this season. Uh, probably probably going to move on from Hopkins as well. So really, not a whole lot of identity at all on that team. And but they are slated to have a pair of first round picks next year, including Houston's, a second round pick, three third round picks, including Houston's and Tennessee's, a pair of fourth round picks, including a projected compensatory, a pair of fifth round picks, including one from the Eagles, and a seventh. They are loaded in draft capital next year for maybe Caleb, maybe somebody else. Well, I, in 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 my 2024 mock, um, and I, I don't think you or Brad did this. But you can see all our 2024 mocks on the site. I mean, I, they're picking one. I had them taking Caleb Williams, and I got some some crap from some people on it. You know, some comments. But if you're if you're picking one, you're taking Caleb Williams. Like right, right. Like it's happening. You know, Kyler's out. We're trading him. If the, you know, if the Bears are picking one, Justin Fields is out. You know, mm -hmm. that's how good Caleb Williams is. Um, but I think I like the approach to set up new staff, new GM. We know it's going to be a big rebuild, get the draft picks. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of what the lions did. It's what a lot of these teams that are getting successful now have done. I'm not sure how many teams that could end up drafting number one next year uh, with their own pick, I should say would pass. The only ones you're looking at are the ones that took one of the first three quarterbacks this year, and I don't think any of them are going to be that bad. Like, I don't think the Texans, right. Panthers, or Colts will be that well, bad. Well, the Texans won't have their pick anyway. Right. So, so I think you're down to really, like, two that could be that bad. I mean, you know, maybe it's a situation where someone has – a quarterback has an injury and the, the team goes down, but um, – yeah. Yeah, I think everyone else. Would so take who it. did you have the them taking with the other pick? Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver from Ohio State. I see Brad went crazy with his. He had up taking Jared Verse and Olu Fashano. Yeah, and I had them going with Caleb and Fashano. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you did have them taking Caleb for some reason. I, I did. thought you didn't, but yeah, that that which makes sense. So it just took Paris Johnson too. You see, you got your left tackle. Get your right tackle. It could happen. All right. Where was I? 
Ah, yes. Uh, the Chargers. They went. If only they had drafted Kendra Miller, they'd have went full battery here, right? They draft Max Duggan, Quentin Johnson, and Darius Davis, all TCU offensive players. Yeah, that, that, that that's that's kind of wild. I didn't I didn't catch that. And uh, finally, uh, the 2020, 2020 draft, uh, all the fifth year option that deadline has passed of the thirty two first round picks. A whopping 12 at their fifth-year options picked up. That is not good. <laughs> well, I think it tells you about, you know, when we, we do these evaluations and rate these players, I mean, there weren't too many first-round picks that I think you and I were like, oh, that guy shouldn't, you know, shouldn't have been a first-round or top 50 pick, maybe a couple. Um, but it shows you just how how much development matters and if, if it, the, the fits bad or the coaching staff changes or the system changes, I mean, you could toss it out. Like if we talked about Todd Bowles getting fired, if he gets fired, Klaja Kinsey's probably not going to be successful because they're going to be, have a completely new defense that he probably doesn't fit. And that sucks for him. Like that's not, that's not great. Um, that injuries, everything it still is, you know, you really need some luck to be successful in the NFL as a player. And, and it's tough. I do find it, though, that the three quarterbacks that were drafted in that first round all had their options picked up. Yeah, right. Pretty pretty much pretty much did, right? I think the, the Jordan Love uh, – Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, Peace I, I, was – I'm sorry. A part of me forgets that he was in that first uh, round. But, yeah, I, 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 don't, I doubt you counted him in the number, but they just – Basically, right? They they extended money. his contract to to duck out of having to pay the guarantee. Yeah. Um, so, but Burrow, Herbert, and Tua all Tua. had theirs picked up. Yeah. Rightfully so. So, all right. So that's that was fun going through those numbers, and that's going to do it for that. Uh, we had one question in the chat, kind of. Uh, Nick wants to know: uh, Is there any truth that CJ Stroud was asking for Tank Dale? Yeah, that, that was reported basically at the combine that Dell was his favorite receiver, um, and they they grew close, and that was uh, something he brought up when they when they called him. So hey, I'm all for it. Like now, now we've had a lot of those stories when the quarterbacks said, "Give me this guy," and that guy stunk, you know. But um, I don't mind it if the Texans also liked him. Right there, you go. Well, I, you have to think they saw him play a lot, right? Right. Right. No, they're close with the staff. You know, it's it's a good situation. All right. That's going to do it, Shane. Uh, final thoughts on the 2023 draft and what we got going coming up here before we uh, head on break. Yeah, we're, we're, we're you know, hitting it up. And um, ultimately, you know, we're going to have these, these reviews. I'm excited to see how kind of you, Miranda, Brad, thinks about some of these drafts um, as well. And – I have a couple coming out and uh, then, you know, I'm working up uh, 2025 and 2026 stuff just to have on the site for the summer as people look for it. Uh, obviously like way too early. I can't do the seven round 2025. Mile. I was looking at it today. I was like, no, there are can't. not enough players. There are not enough players that I've actually played anymore because everyone's so old ahead of them, but I'll have a three round mock for that. And I'll kind of get the incoming freshmen, my thoughts on those out. Um, one thing I, you know, so th those will be coming here in the next couple weeks. Like I said, we got uh, division by division review start tomorrow um, on the site, and then you'll have the 2025 on Monday. Will be kind of a break in between that. I'm going to look ahead uh, in the next couple of weeks at some players. I'm looking forward to diving in on some film on that. You know, guys that weren't that'll be you know underclassmen for next year's class that I haven't watched it. You obviously have because you you know you dive deep into stuff more than I do. But there's guys that I I. Caleb Williams is going to be one of those guys. I've watched him in passing, but I haven't really dove deep in him, right, in his tape. So I'm anxious to see, you know, get get my teeth into that and see how he is. And Joe Alt, Notre Dame, off the tackle is another guy I'm, I'm ready to dive into, you know, as well as some others. So that's going to be pretty fun uh, coming up for me. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, the next couple of podcasts, too, we're going to talk 20 That's right. Work. That's so right. I'm excited for that. And, yeah, we to get into we, it. We've got the Tolas, the titles guys coming on to wrap out the uh, podcast. Uh, 
Dwight Shep's coming on next week to talk offense. Nino's going to come on with us, uh, talk defense on our last show before we before we break away uh, where Shane has to go paint nurseries and stuff like that. Right, right. We're going to start getting on that uh, pretty soon. It's pretty soon here. Pretty, Sorry, pretty soon. a newborn class today uh, before the before we start recording. So. I'm, well, that's, I, I need to learn. I don't like neither my wife and I are both uh, youngest of youngest kids. Like we have no idea how to change a diaper or how to do anything. So it's going to be fun. Good luck, Shane. I, uh, I don't, I don't miss it, my man. I don't miss <laughs> the days at all, but uh, that's going to do it for the nice edition of the draft countdown podcast. As always, uh, if you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, like the videos, share the videos, all that stuff. We appreciate it. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, leave us a five-star review wherever you listen, be it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Uh, the smallest to the biggest platforms. Uh, share it out. Give us a good review. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter, at Shane P. Hallam. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter, at Draft Countdown. And go to DraftCountdown.com where you can read all about it, 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. It's all going to be there, draftcountdown.com. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.